Another Islanders regular heads to the IR. We've got changes in the top line and two big games coming up this weekend. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode Feel free to email us, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So please join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islander fans, game time, or any time. Lots of news coming out of Islanders practice on Thursday. Let's Start with what I think a lot of people will be happy to hear, and that is that the top line has some changes in Josh Bailey, who really was benched Tuesday for the last half of the third period and all of overtime. He is no longer on the top line. The new top line in practice on Thursday was Bo Horvat centering Matthew Barzal and Anders Lee. That meant that the second line was Brock Nelson, Zach Parise, and Kyle Palmieri. Josh Bailey moved down to the third line with Casey Sezikis centering it and Simon Holmstrom on the right. And the fourth line right now is Andy Andreoff, Matt Martin, and Hudson Fashing. Meanwhile, defensively, Pelik and Pulak, Romanov and Mayfield, Aho and Dobson are the uh, three pairings there. So, look, 
on the plus side of this, you have Anders Lee, who has played with Matthew Barzal before. They were a very effective duo two, three years ago. Uh, they know each other pretty well. The downside to this, you still have Barzal playing the wing, not his natural center position, number one. And then number two, Lee and Horvat have similar styles. They're guys who will get in front of the net, who will go for those tips, deflections, rebounds, screen the goalie. These are players with a similar approach to the game, but that doesn't mean that they can't get the job done. And here's what Anders Lee had to say after practice uh, on Thursday when asked what he could bring to the line. I think I bring some low work, some corner work, some stuff in front of the net. I can win some battles and get them the puck. And that's usually the job I play on these lines and get open for them to get a shot and have an opportunity to bury it, these two guys are extremely skilled, and you know how Barzal can find a guy. So it's just trying to find the space, get open for him, and do some of the dirty work. So it'll be interesting to see how this sets up. Now, Bo Horvat did not seem all that concerned. He said, I think we can just kind of read off each other. I see them uh, the majority of the time in front of the net. That means I get to be off to the side or funnel pucks in the net for him. So again, just making those reads and making sure we're not both going to get boxed out in front or something like that. So long as one of us is open, it's going to be good. So look, Josh Bailey, we all knew, and we said on the podcast, more likely a temporary or first option on that top line. He is not a, a first line player at this stage in his career, although I have been a Bailey fan over the course of his career, and I think although he is on the downside of his career for sure, he will go down as a very good Islander, and he's contributed a lot to this franchise, but right now he is a third-line player at this stage of his career, so I think moving him back to the third line makes more sense. Uh, you are putting a lot of eggs in one basket with Horvat, Lee, and Barzal on the top line. Let's see. The potential for this line to be very good certainly exists, but there's also the potential that because Lee and Horvat have similar styles and because Barzal is out of position on the wing, that you are, you know, risking a lack of chemistry. The good news is also, though, that these three are all veterans, and I think it won't take them terribly long to figure out what to do. Now, I mentioned Andy Andreoff. He is now going to center the fourth line, uh, assuming that the team opens the game tonight against the Penguins with the same lines they had in practice on Thursday. Andreoff called up to the Islanders because J.G. Pajot has been placed on the IR. It's retroactive to February 11th. And, uh, well, look, the third line center has been under the weather for sure. And he now has an, uh, an injury and he's been in a slump lately, but now, you know, it's lower body injury 
Obviously, the Islanders not exactly known for giving a lot of information out about their, you know, injured players. But Pajot been in a big goal-scoring slump before the injury, and maybe the injury had something to do with it. One big area that you, well, two big areas that you miss J.G. Pajot. Number one, he is one of the Islanders' best face-off men. In fact, he's one of the better face-off uh, players in the league. Uh, he He's won 56.5% of his draws. That's tops on the team. Now, the addition of Bo Horvat helps in that department a little bit because Horvat is also a solid face-off guy. But the other thing is that Pajot is one of your better penalty-killing forwards. And with Cal Clutterbuck already out of the lineup and now Pajot out of the lineup and we don't know for how long, that is going to uh, complicate things on special teams. As for Andreoff, he is no kid. He's 31 years old, former third-round pick of the Kings. He's played with the Islanders before. Last year, uh, basically, it was up for six games, scored one goal. He's also played for the Kings and the Flyers. He has 185 career NHL games, 14 goals, 26 points, 225 penalty minutes. For Bridgeport this year, 20 goals, 38 points in 46 games. So in the AHL, he's almost a point-a-game player. And again, I don't think anybody envisions Andy Andreoff as being a long-term solution for this hockey team. But he is certainly the kind of guy who, if you need someone to fill in for one, two, five games, whatever the case may be, because somebody is injured... Well, he's certainly able to do that, give you some fourth-line minutes, a little grit, uh, a little physicality, and certainly smart positional hockey. Hopefully, if he can do that, the Islanders will be okay. But certainly, we wish J.G. Pajot a complete and speedy recovery. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast We will preview both of this weekend's big games, tough ones, Penguins and Bruins back-to-back. Plus, uh, we, we have some more listener emails to answer, so all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, or my personal favorite, cookies and cream. It's, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and the macros are amazing. The bars average only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein now. You can go to Built.com and order and have them delivered right to your door. But now, you could also go to Sam's Club or Walmart and pick up a box in person anytime you like. So head over to Built.com or to Sam's Club, Walmart, and get the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, Built Bar. So let's let's get to some of your emails, and it's it's always fun uh, to answer these uh and right now damien from the buffalo isles meetups uh 
Hi, Gil. Nice to talk to you again. I'm really hoping for the second choice in your podcast from uh, the, the Thursday show, basically, uh, that the Islanders try to get as many draft picks and build toward next season at the trade deadline. My only concern is that since Lou has been here, his drafts have not been very strong, and most of our draft picks that have succeeded were picked under Garth Snow. Do you feel confident that Lou can do something with the picks, or is it not Lou and possibly Brent Thompson at Bridgeport? He can't seem to develop players down there. I mean, he didn't even let us know about his son, Tage. Uh, Of course, I'm being facetious about that, but in all seriousness, I think we may have to make a move in the coaching department on both levels. Looking forward to hearing your response, and I'll be rooting for the team no matter what in Buffalo at our next meetup Monday night against Pittsburgh. Well, Damian, first of all, thank you for the email. The thing about Lou Lamorello, he tends to trade away a lot of picks, and you know we know that you have four first-round picks in a row traded away by this team. Uh, And he does somehow manage to make some good picks in later rounds. And, you know, the problem is he trades them away. Atu Ratu, second-round pick. Uh, You know, William Dufour, mid-round pick. Samuel Bolduc was, what, uh, I believe it's a a second-round pick. Uh, So... You're, you're talking about being able to find players in the middle and later rounds. And in those rounds, it's really a bit of a, of a crapshoot. So you, if you can get one or two players from each draft in the mid, you know, second, third, fourth, sixth round, whatever it is, who make a contribution to your NHL roster, you're doing a pretty good job. Uh, as far as developing players at Bridgeport, part of the problem is that the cupboard is bare right now. The Islanders, as we've mentioned a few times on past episodes, the Athletic ranked them 27th in the NHL as far as uh, prospect pools were concerned, and that was before they traded their first-round pick and Atu Ratu uh, in order to get Bo Horvat. So, you know, they are a bottom three or four uh, organization right now when it comes to prospects. And part of that is trading a lot of those guys away to get your J.G. Pajos and your, uh, you know, to get these veteran players, your Bo Horvats. You bring those guys in and it ends up costing you some players and 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 prospects and that really sort of makes it tough to get a winning organization down in Bridgeport it it, you know Bridgeport was off to a better start this year before the injuries hit the Islanders the the NHL Islanders I think they still can uh develop prospects but you need to retain them in order to develop them so I'm not necessarily going to place the blame on the AHL coaching staff. I think it's more the philosophy that Lou Lamorello has where he trusts veterans a lot more. He's eager to trade away draft picks and prospects for veterans. And when he gets younger players, he's been hesitant, as has Barry Trotz and now Lane Lambert, to give them extensive ice time. So it's a veteran mindset 
And I, I think it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy after a while. And in the long run, it probably does end up hurting the team. Next one is uh, an email basically from John. Uh, John uh, basically says that uh, I do love your presence and it has made the last two months of New York Islanders hockey bearable and I sincerely don't believe I'd still be watching too many of the games this year had it not been for you and your banter so I truly appreciate you and and John thank you so much uh basically uh he's saying you know that the collision has ensued and his ego has been validated because this team in John's opinion and I think a lot of people share it right now is a bit of a train wreck uh so can there be any question that Lou Lamorello desperately needs to sell as he should have done last year at the deadline? Uh, and he goes through Zach Parise getting beaten to the off the puck by Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, talks more about you know trying to move some of the veteran players like Bailey, Martin, Clutterbuck, Mayfield, Aho, Varlamov. Uh, if you can't you know, sign him for less. And and the thing that John adds is that he's very critical of ownership. When is the focus, he writes, actually going to change to build a substantive winner? This team must have the longest banner drought in the entire league. Last banner, Patrick Division title back in 1988. It appears that ownership, both present and past, is more than happy to shovel nostalgia to the paying customer, and the customers are more than happy to just eat it. Uh, he says basically he would like to just leave the Stanley Cup banners up and take down all the division banners and conference banners until they win another division or conference title. Um, basically, JP getting things off his chest. Look, I think the team should try to retool, sell off some of the slower, older veterans, free up cap space, get prospects, get uh, draft picks, and build around the core of the players that they have who they can build around. We've talked about that core. Horvat, Barzal, Pelic, Pulak, Dobson, Sorokin, uh, you know, that's a very solid six or seven players that you can build around. These guys are all under contract. They're going to be here long term. But let's see, you know, what Lou Lamorello does. It seems that Lou, like we've said, he likes his veterans. He likes to win now. And when he left the Devils, when he left the Maple Leafs, those teams did have to rebuild because he did deplete their farm system. And we saw what the results were. So we have our fingers crossed that the Islanders will make the right move. But I think it's only likely to happen if the Islanders end up losing a few more games between now and the trade deadline. But let's see. Uh, let, let's see how it plays out. So, John, thank you so much for the uh, kind words, for the email. And, and I hope, you know, you feel a little better getting this off your chest Islander fans, I know a lot of us are frustrated. We've got more to get to on today's show. We'll preview both of this weekend's big games against Pittsburgh, which is almost a must-win, and Boston. We've got that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by uh, by 
Adam Rothstein. And Islanders fans, are you looking for the best hockey newsletter on the internet? Well, look no further. The Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast newsletter is the best newsletter for any hockey fan, whether it's talking about the history of hockey, hockey video games, or how to improve your game. You'll find all that and more in this newsletter. Also, if you like this newsletter, be sure to check out the main podcast on Spotify. Log on to rothsteina.substack.com. That's R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N-A.substack.com. Hope to see you there. Big weekend ahead for the Islanders. And two, they have three games now in the next four days. They're playing Pittsburgh Friday, Boston Saturday. They're off Sunday and then Pittsburgh again on Monday. So lots of uh, important games. And Pittsburgh, one of the teams they're fighting for that final playoff berth in the Eastern Conference, that wild card spot, that is going to be critical. And, you know, the Penguins, they have won three out of their last four games. They are going to be, they, they haven't played since Tuesday. So Friday, they and the Islanders will have the same number of games off. Interesting, though, Pittsburgh, who right now is two points ahead of the Islanders but have four games in hand right in the middle of the league. 16th in goals scored, 16th in goals against. Surprisingly, a team with so much top-end talent, your Crosbys, your Malkins, your Latangs, they're 17th in the league on the power play, 12th on the PK, and... You know, injuries certainly have affected the Penguins right now. Goaltender Tristan Jarry on the IR, as is Jan Ruta, but now it looks like Casey DeSmith will be the goalie for the Penguins, and we're not sure who the backup will likely be. The line combinations for Pittsburgh, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gunsel, and uh, Ricard Raquel are the top trio, and we all know how Crosby always seems to have big games against the New York Islanders. Second line, Malkin, Jason Zucker, and Brian Russ. Jeff Carter centers Brock McGinn and Kasperi Kapanen on the third line. And then Teddy Bluger, Ryan Poling, and Josh Archibald are the fourth line. Brian Demoulin, uh, Chris Letang, a very solid top pair of defensemen. Marcus Pedersen, Jeff Petrie are the second pair, and Pierre uh, Olivier Joseph and Mark Friedman are the third pair. Again, Casey DeSmith is the starting goalie. Maybe we see Dustin uh, Tokarski come back up and be the backup, but this is a critical game. When the team you're facing is up ahead of you by two points, but has four games in hand, you have a game Friday, tonight, you have a game Monday against the Penguins. You win both of them in regulation, and you're ahead of them, even though Pittsburgh would still have some games in hand. So this is a huge, huge test, and boy, they have to find a way to keep Sidney Crosby in check. Crosby, 24 goals, 65 points, leading the Penguins in both categories. Malkin and Raquel have eight power play goals each. Malkin has 16 assists on the power play. Crosby has 12. So those are the players you need to watch out for. And, and, and that game, by the way, 
is a 7 o'clock, not a 7.30. So it's a 7 o'clock Eastern Time start. Meanwhile, Boston, in Boston, on Saturday afternoon, that is a 5 o'clock Eastern Time start. And the Bruins, basically, uh, they remain one of the... Well, they remain the best team, or the team with the best record in the league. Now, Jeremy Swayman playing in the game against the Predators on Thursday. So I would think that we will have to see uh, Linus Olmark in the game for Boston against the Islanders as they don't play another game on Friday. So Boston will not only be at home, they'll have an extra day of rest. And they will have their number one goalie. We know the names. David Pasternak, 39 goals in 53 games, 74 points. Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, Pavel Zaka. This is a team that is just incredible. And, you know, 85 points in their first 53 games. Best in the league in goals against third in the league in goals scored, the number one penalty kill in the NHL, and the seventh power play. You go down the list, there are no outstanding weaknesses on this team. Bergeron, Marchand, and Craig Smith right now, the top line with Krejci, Zaka, and Pasternik making up the second line. Charlie Coyle, an underrated, solid third-line center with Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno on either side of him. I think Taylor Hall would be on the Islanders' top line, he'd be a great fit with uh, with Horvat and and uh, Barzi, but that's a different issue. Trent Frederick, A.J. Greer, and Jacob uh, Lauko are the fourth line. Matt Greslick, Charlie McAvoy, an outstanding top pair. Hampus Lindholm and Brandon Carlo are the second pair. Derek Forbort and Connor Clifton are the third pair. And then you have... Uh, Olmark and Swayman as your goalies. Right now, Jake DeBrusque, Thomas Nosek, and Vinny Lettieri are all listed as out of the lineup due to injury. Look, Boston is going to be a tough opponent. There's no question about that. The Islanders, though, with their physical style and grinding style, tend to match up fairly well against the Bruins, but we'll see how that one ends up playing out. And again, you know what? Get me three points this weekend out of four with the win coming against Pittsburgh, and I will be thrilled. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Saturday will be the 37th birthday of former Islander Blake Como. Como a native of Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, a second-round pick of the Isles back in 2004. Played three games in 2006-2007 and made his NHL debut with the Isles. Stayed with the team through 2011-2012, then was dealt to Calgary, later played for Columbus, Pittsburgh, Colorado, Dallas, uh, and hung up his skates after the 2021 2022 season. 909 NHL games, 141 goals, 334 points, uh, add 53 playoff games, 6 goals, 12 points there. A good, solid, you know, middle-line winger who could get the odd goal for you. Had 24 goals for the Isles in 2010-2011. That was his most productive year. And I guess the, the best game of his career coming on March 2nd, 2010, 
when Como scored a hat trick against the Blackhawks in a game the Islanders won 5-3. Big weekend ahead. Islanders need to get the win against Pittsburgh especially. Let's see if they rise to the occasion. This team does tend to play better against better opponents, so let's see if they can do it again on Friday and Saturday against Pittsburgh and Boston. We'll be back Monday with our key takeaways from both these games and a preview of Monday night's game against the Penguins. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!